You know what we used to do in the old days when we were smart? The spies and treasons. President Trump reacts to the continued whistleblower reports. Where was the latest vaping death? Sentencing is administered in two high-profile Utah murder cases. You're listening to the Newsline Review, the show that brings you the weekly roundup of this week's most important news and how they affect your daily life. My name is Matthew Loveland, and I'll be your tour guide today. The whistleblower was heard loud and clear. President Trump is calling the matter a witch hunt. Critics say nothing less than the integrity of the office is at stake. CNN's John Lawrence reports. President Trump pulling no punches, comparing the person who informed the whistleblower to a traitor, according to audio reported by the LA Times. You know what we used to do in the old days when we were smart, right? The spies and treasons. We used to handle it a little differently than we do now. <laughs> House Democrats have issued a warning to the president demanding he stop his reprehensible witness intimidation of the whistleblower. I think it's pretty clear what the president is trying to do. He's trying to deter people from following the courageous example of this whistleblower. The complaint document from the whistleblower has triggered President Trump's Ukraine scandal and spurred an impeachment inquiry. There's a lot of people out there that are taking their agenda and running wild with it. The whistleblower complaint lays out essentially that the president sought to use our taxpayer dollars to benefit himself in a presidential election. President Trump taking to Twitter Thursday, venting in a now deleted tweet that the Democrats are trying to destroy the Republican Party and all that it stands for. But Mr. Trump's critics aren't pulling any punches either. This occupant, occupant of the Oval Office poses a clear and present danger to our future to our democracy. I'm John Lawrence reporting. Meanwhile, it was revealed Thursday that Justice Department national security lawyers were first made aware about the whistleblower's complaint more than a week before the official referral. That's according to officials who were briefed on the issue. The 13th vaping-associated death was reported in Oregon Thursday. It marks the second such death in that state. Oregon's health authority issued a warning urging all residents to stop vaping. The governor is also asking the Department of Justice for options to control or ban the sale of vaping devices. Other states and cities have taken more strict steps to regulate the products. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have identified more than 800 cases of lung injury associated with e-cigarettes. Investigators do not know yet what ingredient or combinations of ingredients is cause illness. And this is coming right on the heels of deaths reported in Florida and Georgia. Top e-cigarette maker Juul is changing leadership amid the vaping crisis. The company announced Wednesday that CEO Kevin Burns is stepping down. He will be replaced by Casey Crosswaite, who worked with tobacco company Ultria. Juul says it will stop all TV, print, and digital ads and stop some of its lobbying. Utah's rate of vaping-related illnesses is now the highest in the country. The Utah Department of Health says there have now been at least 47 cases of vaping-related illnesses in Utah. This per capita rate is almost double Wisconsin's, which has the second highest rate in the nation. According to the Centers for Disease Control, 90% of the patients have reported using e-cigarette products containing THC, or the main active ingredient of marijuana. A three-month-old girl will be reunited with her legal guardians after an Amber Alert for the child was cancelled early Thursday morning. An Amber Alert was issued just after 10 p.m. Wednesday night for Kalia Alvarez-Caro, 
Police say her biological parents, Gabrielle Caro and Jasmine Alvarez, took the child from her legal guardians. Around 2.30 this morning, the Amber Alert was cancelled after Wyoming Highway Patrol stopped a gray Toyota. Wyoming Highway Patrol says Alvarez and the baby were in that car. Police arrested her in Wyoming, and Caro was found safe in Salt Lake City and is now in custody. Alex Whipple will spend the rest of his life behind bars for killing and sexually assaulting his five-year-old niece, Lindsay Shelley. The 22-year-old was sentenced to life in prison with no charge of parole. He pleaded guilty to killing and sexually assaulting Lizzie. Lizzie's disappearance in May triggered a massive search and widespread concern in the community of Logan, Utah. The judge scolded Whipple for the incomprehensible terror he inflicted on Lizzie, her family, and the community. On Thursday, a judge sentenced Christopher Polson to 15 years to life in prison. Polson killed his ex-girlfriend, Emily Almiron, and her three-year-old son, Gabriel, in 2015. Two weeks ago, Polson led police to a shallow grave in the Eureka Desert, where police dug up the remains of Emily and her son. Polson hoped to get a reduced sentence after leading authorities to the location of the bodies, but a judge denied this bid. Emily's family spoke at the sentencing. A suspected serial rapist is behind bars Thursday. He is accused of raping women in several states over three decades. Clearfield police arrested 69-year-old Mark Douglas Burns on Thursday. Law enforcement agencies in Utah and Wyoming, along with the TV show Cold Justice Sex Crimes, used DNA to find Burns. Burns was arrested on eight counts of assault. Police say he is connected to several rapes from 1991 to 2003, in several cities from Rock Springs, Wyoming, to Layton, Utah. New information came out this week on a deadly bus crash in southern Utah near Bryce Canyon National Park. The bus driver was making his first trip for the company that had only been in business for a short time. Authorities believe the driver swerved on the way to the park, then yanked the steering wheel to put the bus back onto the road. The resulting momentum then sent the bus into a rollover crash. Authorities have now also identified the four Chinese tourists who died in the crash. The victims included three women and one man in their 60s. All 31 people on board the bus were hurt. It still feels like summer in many parts of the country, but the CDC wants everyone to start thinking about getting a flu vaccine right now. Less than half of American adults got the flu shot last year, and Nadia Romero explains the urgency after two record-breaking flu seasons in the last 10 years. The coughing, <coughs> the sneezing, and the body aches will make an unwanted comeback during the next flu season, with the recommendation from health officials pretty clear. Vaccination is clearly the best prevention. Thursday morning, the Centers for Disease Control and the Health and Human Services Secretary held a joint press conference to urge you to do just that. The people most at risk are pregnant women, the chronically ill, seniors, and children under the age of five. And last year, only half of adults got the vaccine. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar says seniors get vaccinated more often than other adults, but... People 65 and older account for a majority of the flu deaths and hospitalizations we see each season. Pediatric deaths saw a decline last year at 135 during the longest flu season in a decade, according to the CDC. But the season before saw a record-breaking number of flu-related deaths. They've put her in the ICU. She's in critical condition. It was in early 2018 that this 37-year-old Indiana mother died when she got the flu, and then it escalated to pneumonia and inflammation of the lungs. Flu can be very serious, and it kills tens of thousands of Americans every year. 
but flu vaccines are safe and effective. Even if it only gives you a 10 or 20 percent edge to help you fight off the flu, I mean, that 10 or 20 percent might have saved Carly's life. A grim reminder for everyone that the influenza is deadly for all ages. In Washington, I'm Nadia Romero. The CDC recommends that everyone get the flu vaccine by the end of October. You can visit vaccinefinder.org to find a place nearby to get the vaccine. September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Many people in the community are affected by suicide, especially the LGBTQ community. Newsline reporter Berto Sanchez talked to a nonprofit organization that helps prevent tragedies from happening. Berto, what is this organization doing to help? Encircle is a nonprofit organization based in Provo and now downtown Salt Lake City. Its main goal is to reach out to the LGBTQ youth struggling with acceptance and rejection to help prevent further tragedies in our community. I like to say that Encircle is providing space for kids to be themselves. Since it opened its doors in 2017, Encircle has provided help to hundreds of youth and young adults who are dealing with suicidal ideation. Men like Tyler Dumgard a returned missionary of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who was once in a very dark place dealing with suicidal thoughts because of the isolation and expectations people had for him. It's very, very terrifying for me, um, that whole road. You know, you get home and what is expected of you is to find a girlfriend, get married, and that just wasn't possible for me. That put me in a very deep, dark depression for about a, the first year when I got home from my mission, you know, thinking about ending my own life multiple times a day. Men tend to struggle more with suicidal attempts. Approximately three out of every four suicide deaths in Utah are men. This almost irrational place where you think nobody loves me, nobody cares about me. And it's not until after you get through it that you look back and you're like, wow. I would have hurt a lot of people if I would have taken my own life. For Tyler, the light at the end of the tunnel came through. Having a community where he felt love and acceptance helped him overcome his afflictions. Now a survivor, he's doing anything he can to help and give back to those who helped him. He's the current program manager at Encircle, helping youth who are in great need of support and guidance. And I've had all these moments where, you know, I'm driving home at the end of the day and I'm, you know, watching the sunset and I'm thinking, Man, I would have never experienced this day if I would have taken my life back into Suicide does not discriminate against age, race, gender, or religion. If you know someone who is struggling with suicide, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's T-A-L-K. Utah leaders announced a $2 million suicide prevention campaign. The new program will combat the spike in teen suicides throughout the state. More than 3,000 Utahns have died by suicide in the last five years. The multimedia campaign will also be funded by the University of Utah, Intermountain Healthcare, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The campaign will launch next year. BYU Counseling and Psychological Services hired three new psychologists for the new school year. The new trio are all women and specialize in counseling for depression, anxiety, and eating disorders. They also have experience supporting those in LGBTQ and minority communities. The addition comes after national mental health experts recommended universities provide one counselor for every 1,500 students. BYU CAPS is now at a total of 32 counselors. 
The Utah Valley Hospital is hosting a free mental health services awareness night next month. Leaders from the community will give presentations about mental and emotional health. Doctors will have informational booths about mental conditions. This workshop will inform Utah residents about the counseling resources available to them in the community. The event will take place on October 10th. Mental Health Awareness Night will start at 5.30 p.m. in the Sorensen Tower at the Utah Valley Hospital. Salt Lake City is one of the fittest cities in the nation. Newsline reporter Madeline Weber joins us now. Madeline, where does Salt Lake City rank? Janae Barron is a mom, a cook, and a runner. Looking good, looking good. Running has taken her far. For the past nine years, she's built a running empire through her blog and on Instagram. And to Janae, it's no surprise that Salt Lake was named the seventh most fit city in America. We live in like the best place ever. So we have mountains a few miles away. We have lakes. We have awesome trails everywhere you want to go. The men's health study used two factors to determine the healthiest cities, people and people. Those that fill up local and national parks and elected officials actively responding to the needs of a growing community. Officials responding can be anything from building new parks to fixing that old pothole in the middle of the bike lane. The study also brought in numbers from the CDC on overall obesity and heart health. So how did Salt Lake make it to the top? The report says outside of CrossFit gyms, our access to trails and open water plays a big role. Gorgeous morning for a trail run. Utah has 43 state parks and five national parks. Those parks total more than 95,000 acres of recreational land. People want to be outside here. Most of Utah's population lives in the Salt Lake Valley along the Wasatch Front, where mountains are very accessible. Janae says the growing industry gives her a large network of women she can connect with. I've done a lot of solo running before, but it's life-changing to like be doing this with people. Now Janae runs on a semi-pro team and networks with women all over Utah. Like exercise is something moms can do for themselves and still be really good moms. If you're asking what cities rank higher than Salt Lake, the top city for fitness in the nation is San Francisco with the highest activity score in the nation. Madison, Wisconsin takes second and Seattle at third. Coming up. So I really need to bring all of my skills and, every, and my creativity to the table, and I'm super, super stoked. How our local Mighty Baker plans to compete in a major competition. Come together right now over me. Celebrating the 50th the anniversary of Abbey Road with the Beatles. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. 
A new season of Food Network's Halloween Baking Championship started Monday, and we can expect to see a familiar face. That's right, Provo's own Mighty Baker, Pete Tidwell, will be back on Food Network to compete for $25,000. We asked him about why he wants to go back and compete. Here is his answer. I love these shows. My two experiences on Cake Wars were incredible. Very, very intense, very nerve-wracking. I'm really excited about this one because it's a multi-episode show, so I really need to bring all of my skills and, every, and my creativity to the table, and I'm super, super stoked. We also asked him about how he develops his inspiration for his cake creations. Cake Wars is just cakes, whereas this is a baking championship, and so you can go in a lot of different directions. You can do cupcakes, you can do cakes, you can do pies. There's so many different directions you can go in, so I'm super excited for the challenge. I was shocked the other day when I drove by downtown Provo and saw that his studio was gone. However, he is working on creating a new baking studio elsewhere. Here's what he had to say about it. Yeah, we have a really exciting project going on right now. So we are going to be opening Utah's first cake and cupcake DIY studio. Wow. And so it's all do-it-yourself. So you can bring in a date, you can bring your family, um, group from work, and come and decorate your own cake, just open studio style. It's going to be a really fun, creative environment. I have some local artists doing a mural in the space. And so just a space where people can come and be creative. And that'll be opening this November. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will release the second in the series of new videos about the Book of Mormon. These videos are part of an ongoing project to enhance study tools for members of the church. As Newsline reporter Sarah Collins reports, the first episode was released last week. Sarah, what can you tell us about this video series? This episode is the first among many that the church will release depicting chapters of the Book of Mormon. The filming took place in a church-owned Jerusalem movie set in Goshen, Utah, and in the tropical mountains in Kauai, Hawaii. This project has been ongoing since 2017, and everyone participating has been working to bring the book to life. You do research into the, the background of the character, everything you can gather about their life, and what uh, they experience personally, and then you try to get research uh, historical background, right, to see the context of what they lived and what life might have been like. The First Presidency hopes the videos will help enhance the study of the scriptures and increase understanding for those reading the Book of Mormon. It's not necessarily a, a dramatization of the scriptures, but it is a visualization of the scriptures. It's exciting to see all the different resources that have come together to make this project a reality and to bring the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to all corners of the world. Each Friday until the end of the year, a new episode will be released. These videos will cover first Nephi to Enos. The rest of the videos will be released in 2020 and 2021. For many members, this is an exciting addition to the church's gospel media library. I think this is such a cool opportunity. Not only would it help me in my own scripture study, like if I want to understand a story better, see the context of it, um, I can also share it when I'm teaching a lesson. I think that uh, having these videos will give it another way to, to appreciate the grandeur of the Book of Mormon. The videos will be posted in 15 languages and episodes will be from 13 to 20 minutes long. A schedule of the video releases is posted online. Anyone wanting to watch these videos can check them out on the church's website at churchofjesuschrist.org or on their YouTube channel under Book of Mormon and watch as they're released every Friday. Back to you. McDonald's wants you to know it can turn Big Mac attacks into big plant attacks. What? The restaurant is joining a growing list of fast food places experimenting with plant-based meat. Starting Monday, 
a select few customers can try a, get this, a PLT burger. That's plant, lettuce, and tomato. The trial run will last just 12 days and is happening at 28 locations in Ontario, Canada. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba! It's plant-based. Everyone is coming together to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the release of the Beatles' Abbey Road album. It was announced that a deluxe edition of the album will be available to buy starting Friday. And honestly, since the zebra-striped sidewalk is back on our Twitter feed, this is why we should let it be. Beatles fans around the world are posting their excitement about the re-release of Abbey Road as the legendary rock band celebrates the album's 50th anniversary. Giles Martin, the son of Beatles producer George Martin, has put together a new mix of the album. The new box set features three CDs, 23 session recordings, and a 100-page book with never-before-seen photos. The album will be available in vinyl and digital downloads starting Friday. Twitter users are getting sentimental. Working from home today, just got up from Abbey Road. My Beatles fave, all you need is love. If we sang a burst of that for a few minutes every day, the world would be a much better place. Says Chris Queen, the best album of all time came out 50 years ago Thursday. Chuck Metcalf provides a different experience. Listen to the new remix of Abbey Road last night after it was posted to Spotify. It finally feels like a true stereo mix instead of a mono-minded stereo mix. That being said, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I've been listening to Abbey Road for 20 years, and this new experience is odd. Says Twitter user Kenya Bab. I can remember 50 years ago today going into Leonard's in Fort Worth to purchase my first album, Abbey Road. The musician Tom Fuller wrote, Today is the 50th anniversary of the Beatles' Abbey Road. I had the privilege of working there myself a short time ago on some of my tracks. It is still an awesome place to make music. So if I could give a recommendation, I'd say you should use your favorite music streaming sites and head back to Abbey Road. Coming up, who is BYU football playing this weekend? As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives and restore sight and health for many more. Sign up right now online as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Meet Ingrid, fiery spirit, carrying grandma, proud trucker. I've logged more than four million miles in my truck. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. I was driving outside of Ohio when a gentleman stopped suddenly in front of me. But it takes my 80,000 pound truck 200 yards to stop. I'd given myself extra room, but it's not a chance worth taking. It's, it's our roads. It's, it's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. BYU football goes head-to-head -head against the University of Toledo on Saturday. Catch the game on ESPN Plus or on BYU Radio. BYU women's soccer plays against UC Irvine Saturday night here at the Provo Southfield. Catch the game here at 7 p.m. or on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU has four athletic teams ranked in the top 10 this week. Men's cross country come in at number two. Women's soccer is ranked fifth in the nation. 
Women's cross country is sixth in the country, while women's volleyball is ranked number nine. Next year's Super Bowl halftime show will feature two of the biggest names in entertainment right now, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. The singers made the announcement on Twitter Thursday. The Super Bowl is set for February 2nd, 2020 in Miami. Both singers have sold over 75 million records throughout their careers. J-Lo is enjoying some box office success with her movie Hustlers, which could also win her some awards. And Shakira just wrapped up a world tour. They both say this Super Bowl performance will be a dream come true. That's so wonderful. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Newsline Review. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please come back next week when we'll continue to break down the biggest events of the news. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you can listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. This is Matthew Loveland with the Newsline Review. Have a wonderful weekend.